The Pokes Report podcast is sponsored by Downtown Barbershops here in Stillwater, just off of 6th Street, 609 South Main Street here in Stillwater. You can check them out at downtownbarbershops.com. All kinds of haircuts. They do children's haircuts, buzz haircuts, traditional haircuts. You can get a military haircut, razor fade, mustache, and beard trims. They're also working on adding spa services, so be sure not to miss out on that. But I think the most important thing to say here is they give the best haircut. I've been getting my haircut here for several years now. Randall, the owner, the best haircut in town. He also brings his dog in every now and then. Blue. I love blue. Blue's a great dog. Check him out. 609 South Main Street here in Stillwater or give them a call at 405-269-8590 or check them on the web at downtownbarbershops.com. Welcome into the Pokes Report Podcast. Zach Lancaster here alongside Brian Murphy. Couple, uh, a couple weeks off. Uh, not as long as the last time we took a hiatus, but uh, life happens. Trips, you know, trips happen, you know, work, all that good stuff, but we're back. So no need to fret. Well, we didn't take a couple of weeks off. We recorded. However, that's fair. That's <laughs> it fair. was probably, I think it was, and this is, you know, unbiased opinion. I do think it was probably the best podcast. Nobody will ever hear. Yeah. Well, so we recorded, uh, was it after it was right after, right after Tatum Bell. Yep. We recorded a spring, a spring, uh, not preview, uh, recap. Yeah. And it was solid. It was like 45 minutes. It was really good. Uh, we got into all the little nuts and bolts. And I got home that night. I downloaded all the audio on my computer. I got up the next morning. I processed Tatum Bell. I edited it. I got it all good sounding. I uploaded it. It went off without a hitch. It did well. And then I go to process the spring recap audio. And my computer said, and I said, what's that? And it said, you have corrupted audio. And I was like, oh, my no. God. Oh, so I think we drain. can we can give we can give a few minutes here and recap the recap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's if you we're we're now officially in like the dead period yep. for Cowboy football there. The coaches are out on the road, you know, like they're recruiting, sending out offers and all that stuff and, and working on trying to, you know, shore up the 23 class. When you when you talk about kids that are on campus. I would imagine there's probably still some here. You know, I would imagine Tom Hutton probably didn't go home for three weeks. How about his? How about his tweets during the storms? Tom, did, did Tom, you read those? Tom Hutton might be my favorite player that I have covered since starting with Robert. Yeah, he. I mean, he's older, so that plays into it. You know, he's more mature, and he is one of the funniest people. Like it's it's just spectacular. For anyone that didn't see it, it was, uh, and this isn't like a direct quote. This is, uh, you know, I can pull it up. Oh, there you go, pull it up. But anyways, the uh, the storms that rolled through Stillwater, tornado warned just between uh, Guthrie and Stillwater. Storm ended up passing to the south. No one was no one was hurt. No property damaged. But uh, but Tom came out and he was talking about the. You have it. So he goes. Uh, this is April tw- April twenty third. Uh, came out at 8.28 p.m. He goes, tough part about being a foreigner in Oklahoma is whether to listen to the expert meteorologist tornado sirens and phone alerts telling me to, quote, take shelter immediately, or the local Oklahomans telling me, nah. (laughs) And then he comes back with, sided with the experts, the locals were right. Yep, yep, we Uh, do. We kind of know what we're doing around here. Yeah, and I you would, get a master's class every time there's a, a tornado from Payne, Morgan, and Lane. I, I will say that uh, I'm still reeling. I'm still, I'm still in my my feels because we try to like I I I try to go out of my way. Like I don't have a ton of money, but right. but I've got we have a couple of nice vehicles, you know, and and I try to I try to go out of my way to take care mm-hmm. of those vehicles. Well, we're sitting in here would have been a. Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday? I don't know. I think it may, it may have been Wednesday. Wednesday or Thursday, a uh, giant hailstorm rolls through Stillwater, and and I'll play the when when it's over, I'll play you the sound that it made as it was coming. So we live off of Jardo, and it sounded like it sounded like highway traffic. Right, like you could hear it mm-hmm. south of town. It sounded like highway traffic. It was so loud, and I was like, man, it's start it's gonna dump. It's gonna be so much rain. No. 
we're talking golf ball to lemon sized hail. Yeah. Cars are all just beat up. Uh, really frustrated about it. Uh, two days later, my wife's windshield, the heat cracks it. You know? So we got to get that fixed. I called yeah. the insurance adjuster and she was like, well, if I'm being honest, you should wait. I tell everyone during this time of the year to wait mm-hmm. because one, you're going to pay out of pocket to replace your windshield because it's below your deductible. And if you replace it tomorrow and a storm rolls through Saturday and breaks your windshield, you're going to have to replace it again. So wait till like mid-June. Yep. Add a storm season. Give me a call yep. and we'll get you fixed up. But I think like the the roof has the, our, like the house has got to, got to redo the roof and I don't have to oh, worry man. about that. I rent, so yep. I don't care. Sure. Uh, I, <laughs> I mean, I, I feel bad, but I'm, I, I'm worried about the cars, but uh, I'm trying to, like I try to justify it by saying, well, I didn't have tornado damage. I didn't lose anybody. My cars are drivable. I don't have right. to replace anything. I'm so incredibly blessed. And every now and then I walk out there and I see it and I'm still just like. <laughs> so it's the, the the Lord is testing me. Test is my patience every single day. But uh, Tom Hutton, just listen to Some the Some of the guys still that are on, on campus is where we were. That's right. where we, where we went to the right. So I think you've got. Let's see, it's May 12th. So I'm, I think you've got about three weeks, roughly. Uh, well, about two. About two, two and a half weeks that they'll be out of town. Because graduation was this past weekend. They're going to get some time off. They can go home. They can go on vacation. Go do whatever they want. Update the Instagram on lake pictures. Absolutely. And all that body by glass that they've you been know, working hard on. Throwing touchdown passes off a dock to, a, right. you know, to a, a jet ski, sea do whatever. The important stuff. Absolutely. Get that tan working. You know, you got you to gotta get, you gotta get that summer bod going. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they'll be back like the last-ish week of May. Last couple days. And then they'll get rolling into into summer football. And that's where I'm, I'm, I'm excited about summer football because I'm pretty sure coaches can now run practices or run workouts. Like I don't like before it's all quote unquote voluntary. Uh, but now I think, I think coaches can participate in that. I, I, you're looking at and now Jason Brooks and I can't think of the uh, Collier. What's his first name? The USC offensive line transfer. That's the one I can't. I I always I don't know why, but I used I, to work with a guy named Corey Collier, and so I know it's not that. But that's the fr- every time I hear Collier, that's the first thing that comes up. Casey, Casey Corey, Casey, Casey Collier. Yeah, always. I'm I'm excited about those two guys because that's when they show up. They get to you know, and they may be you know like I, I don't think they're here yet, but I know they'll show up for the start of summer. Yeah, I'm excited to see how those guys. I I don't want to say excited because. You don't know how they're going to transition, but I'm really looking forward to seeing how those guys, you know, fill in, you know, what spots do they take up? How do they look? How do they mesh? You know, are, are they going to make a difference? Are they going to mm-hmm. make an impact? Are they going to play in the fall? Or is it going to be a, a scenario where you're kind of like, well, I mean, they're not bad, but right. they're on the they're, two deep. They're bodies. Yeah. You know, I, I, that's what I'm really looking forward to because obviously Prince Pine's not coming. Mm-hmm. You know, decommitted in silence. And I don't think he's ever officially announced it, um, but transferred to Tulane. It makes sense. Grew up in Baton Rouge. You know, he went to high, he went to high school in Baton. I think it was Baton Rouge. Uh, so he's from Louisiana, you know, Tulane's in New Orleans. I, mean, I, I don't, I don't fault the kid at all. That's the weird thing about the transfer portal. And, you know, and, and later on we can get into commits and decommits and what that means and hundred percent committed and all that. But the transfer portal, there's not a signing day. No. You know, with with coming out of high school, there is a signing day. There is a, okay, now you're a cowboy. There's not with Transfer Portal. It's just, did you show up for class or not? Yeah, so that's, and and I think that's the most important thing because people are like, well, Prince Pine's committed. You know, how is he already trans? Well, you can sign, but it does not matter until you show up on campus. When you show up, that's when the NCAA is like, okay, you are officially with Oklahoma State. Yeah. So that when when Collier and and Brooks show up, the end of May or whatever, that's when it's like, okay, they're here, they're locked in. We have two more offensive linemen that we can rely on. So on Ollie Gordon's first carry in spring practice, mm. goes down with the shoulder. Mm. the The air was let out of the building as he's laying well, there. I'll tell you, I mean, you know, up in the press box, down on the field, both sides. You had the defense that was looking on, going, "Oh, come on." Well, so we were all talking in the box, and it was just like. 
Well, that's the end of this. Like they're gonna, they're gonna go back to running drills. There's no way Mike's we gonna allow seven this on to seven happen. was yeah yeah. There's no way, but he did he did. He so you know you you get one injury there, and I and I wonder if the coaches at that point looked around and went, I think we need another running back because you got another one in yeah. DeAndre Jackson from Texas A&M uh, that committed. Uh, still waiting on him to show up to his uh, first class. He, he is on. He's in Stillwater. Is he? I don't know if like I don't. Well, you obviously can't take classes, um, but he tweeted out. Uh, let me see here, because I saw it. I think I saw it the other day. DeAndre, that's a, that's usually almost a, another one of those official things. Whenever they start moving yeah, boxes into a town, it's yeah. So he committed May fifth. Yep. Uh, and he tweeted out. It was within the past couple. He uh, May 9th, He said, "Still water. I'm home." Yep. So he's here. Okay. So he's in still. You know, there's time. there's again there there's another body for the room, but he hasn't he hasn't put in all the stats. He hasn't put in you know he didn't put up Gotti stats down in, at A and M, but he's been in a SEC weight room for the last was it year year and a half two uh two I believe last two years believe the guy two. so the guy's gonna show up um having having had the correct nutrition having had the correct weight room you know that kind of money that's put into an athlete's body and yeah. he came from the state of Georgia where I think they're pretty good at football. Yeah, and he was a obviously you kind of you take you take recruiting uh rankings with a grain of salt, but I yes. want to say he was a high 3 or low 4 star out of out of high school. Um uh, he was a he was three star, but he rushed for you know, more than 1200 yards, 20 touchdowns in that last year. Um but he comes in, you know, Robert talked to him and he confirmed he's a, he's at he's coming in 220, 219. So I mean he's got the size. Mm-hmm. I don't think with him being at A and M, obviously the stats don't you know the stats don't show up because I want to say, let's see if I can, because they're not. I don't. He doesn't have stats. Um, yeah, I think it was he had like negative two yards rushing. He or had something in like twenty twenty. He redshirted in twenty twenty. Had two carries for fifteen yards. And then this past year, I think, yeah, he had negative two right. against Prairie View. So he yet to crack the depth chart. I'm I'm excited about him, but not because I think he's going to come in and play day one, but because he's a young guy. He's played in a Division One Power 5 offense for two years, so he knows the physicality and the speed of the game. You don't have to transition him from JUCO or anything like that, but he's young. You don't know what he can do. So, I mean, he could end up being really solid. But right now, he's just depth, which I think we can all – like, I like Dominic Richardson. I need Dom to prove it. Sure. I, I, he's, he's had glimpses. He's had moments where he's been really good. But I need Dom to have that breakout. I need him to rush for five, six, seven, eight hundred, nine, you know, 900 yards in this upcoming season. I need him to go out there and do um, – and then Ollie, you know, Ollie goes down. You're like, oh, my gosh, I think – I think Jaden Nixon is going to be really solid. I'm mm-hmm. excited to see what he can do. C.J. Brown, but Ollie and C.J. are really young. I'm not going to put any kind of expect, expectations on them. So you're looking at you're looking at Dom Richardson, and you're looking at Jaden Nixon, who's a redshirt freshman, sophomore. I, I think he's a redshirt freshman. So now you've got another guy coming in that can add depth. You know, that can that can, and he very well could be really really solid because you're playing behind isaiah spiller at a&m i mean that's right you're not going to crack that and negative two tells me that a uh, a lineman missed a block yeah so maybe maybe two linemen so you know if you're playing prairie view you probably got in there at the very end so you got freshmen in front of you go through the sec how many redshirt freshmen running backs play that often right not it's not many i don't put that on him so yes, uh, to to your point, you come in as as depth. You come in hoping to get you know maybe this is a guy you can get three four hundred yards out of. Uh, you know you get that like eight, a Des Jackson. You get that yeah. Um, hopefully he's one inch taller than Des Jackson and can get that ball across. The- uh, he is setting at five ten six foot. There you go. Five five ten. There you go. There's, there's a difference in a Big Twelve championship. Something. But I'll look it up. Anyways, you you come in and six foot. He's six foot two twenty. Hopefully, you get two, three, four, five hundred yards out of somebody like this. Mm-hmm. Um, that you're not needing this type of guy. I'm not saying DeAndre uh, Jackson can't come in and be a lead guy. I'm not saying that. Right. We'll see. But you hope that a summer, uh, 
you know, bringing a guy in the summer in your running back room brings uh, some a little bit of veteran leadership for for these younger guys. Shows them how to how to work out, how to run, how to do all that. And because he, he was recruited hard by OSU, uh, so Casey Dunn and company Wozniak they liked him before. Yeah. So uh, that's that's the beauty of of continuing to stay on guys, continuing to follow them, and uh, you know whenever they want to transfer, I'm sure he reached out and said, "Hey, do you guys still have interest?" Mm. Well, and you look at it. I mean, he had offers out of you know Alabama, Auburn, Florida, South Carolina, Tennessee. So I mean, the the big you know who's who: Michigan State, mm-hmm. Ohio State. You know they were you know they were all recruiting him out of high school. So the the experience isn't there, but I think the potential yes. is there. So I'm excited to see what he can do. Uh, obviously, the you know the the two offensive line transfers, you know how are they going to pan out? But you look at the returners. Yeah, I mean I, I, I I'm not going to sit here and predict that they're going to do what they did last year. You know, and go out and win twelve some odd games and you know beat OU in Stillwater. Well, they won't. It'd be Norman. Um, you know, but like knock off a Notre Dame in a bowl game or anything like that. But I mean. When you look at the returning talent, you know, you look at, you know, the Big 12 quarterback of the year, offensive line, you, you lose some really solid pieces, but you have, you know, you have experience returning. You now have some depth. And I know that's, you're sitting there thinking, what the hell are you talking about depth? We only had nine guys in the spring. You get all those guys back. It's yep. not structural or anything like that. They're, they're back in time to start, you know, summer workouts. Mm-hmm. Like I think Eli Russ is back in time to, to start summer workouts. So, I mean, it's not like, you're, it's not like you've lost anybody, but, you know, the receivers, more depth, you know, they're more talented than they were last year. I know you lose Tay Martin, but you've got a lot of young talent. But apparently we added C.J. Tate, who was the star well, of the spring game. Uh, I tell you. My I'm, goodness. I'm excited to see what he can do. Bolitnikoff, uh, you know, Bolitnikoff uh, Award. Uh, pump the brakes. Oh, okay. Pump Sorry. the brakes. Pump the brakes a little bit. Uh, no, but I, I think C.J. Tate could be solid. I, I'm excited to see how he pans out. You look at the defense, you lost some really solid pieces. There's no way around that. But you look at you look at some of the younger guys, you look at some of the guys they brought in. I think Xavier Benson is going to be a day one. You look at that defensive line, you put that defensive line up against any line in the country and they're they're going to compete. So I, I think that, you know, you you look you go into you go into that Baylor game October one, you should be three and You start the yes. you know, Central Michigan, Arizona State, Arkansas Pine Bluff, there's three and all at home. Baylor and Waco is going to be tough. Yes. Baylor is, uh, they're a whole nother animal. Uh, but then you've got Texas Tech at home. Should win that game, you know? I, I, and I don't want to, I don't want to try to dig into anything else, but I mean, TCU is, how much better are they going to be uh, this year than they were last year? You know, I, until they prove me otherwise, I'm going to chalk Texas up as a win every single year. Right. I don't care how much talent they have. I don't care what the recruiting classes are, you know? Texas to me is will be a win until Texas proves that they could beat teams, you know, like Kansas. Um, you play Kansas State and Kansas at or on the road, you know. Uh, Iowa State's not going to have Brock Purdy, you know, so they're going to be. You would you would assume that they'd be down, you know. Then you have OU and Norman. I think that'll be tough. And you get West Virginia at home. I I don't think West Virginia is a very good football team. I know they're getting. Right. Um, uh, uh, is it uh, Daniel JT Daniels? You know, I, I know they got him. But, you know, I, I've not been impressed with, you know, the job that Neil Brown has done up there. And so I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say that Oklahoma State's going to win, you know, 9, 10, 11 games. But you do, you, I think you do feel optimistic when you look, you know, look across the Big 12 and you say, yeah, I think Oklahoma State can, can you know, they can, they can hang with them. You know, they, yep. can, they can do well. So I, I think this will be a fun year because you look at the depth and the talent. I I, I again, I'm gonna say one more time for the for the haters. I'm not predicting ten plus wins. It could happen. This team could win that many games, but I'm not predicting it. But I I I am looking forward to this upcoming year because I I think that this team has the potential to do a lot of fun things. So Vegas has the over under for OSU at eight. I think that's I think that's really solid. Set in, set in the middle of May, I think eight wins. You'll take that every day. When you when you I feel like whenever you hear that your your team is being projected as eight wins mm-hmm. and you don't have a clue who's going to start on the offensive line, yeah, 
You just need to put five. If if they are above average, you're. I think you're back to a ten win team. Now you you mentioned you know going to Baylor three and zero. We were we we beat them in an ugly game here, mm-hmm. and then we lost by one inch in maybe two in Arlington. And Spencer had his two worst games of the year mm-hmm. against him. If Spencer just doesn't have that bad game, if he doesn't throw, you know, three four interceptions. I think we take them next year. Well, and I will say that at least one, maybe two interceptions in the Big 12 championship game were not on Spencer. Sure. And and I'll, I'll just – they were not great games for Spencer. Now, the right. defense the defense won you the game in Stillwater. You know, it's like, it's like Tatum said when we interviewed him a couple weeks ago. You can't continue to put your defense in that type of scenario right. and expect them to last the whole game. But they did really solid, and somehow the, last the year they half. did. They were they were yep. so good, but again, for the people that think Spencer shouldn't be the quarterback, what was it like seventeen sacks? I think was one of the fewest numbers in the country, or something. Yes. If Shane Illingworth is out there, he gets sacked like forty plus times. I like Shane, and I think Shane. Wait. I hope he has a good career, but Spencer is the starting quarterback. Spencer, like, if you just get a, an average to above average offensive line, Spencer will make magic. By the way, last time we said, and it could have been on the never aired podcast, but we did mention Illingworth going to Utah State. It yeah. was actually Nevada. Nevada, yeah. Okay. But anyways, just to, just to correct there. But, um, yeah, so also Vegas over under. Kansas, two and a half. How do you, how do you give them two and a half? I don't see where they come from. Like I don't do they play three division, lower division? I mean, well, I'll tell you. I just, but Let's even see. if they do, I still don't think they beat uh, them. All right, so they start the year at home with Tennessee Tech. You would hope. Uh, you would that hope they beat Tennessee Tech. You'd hope. Um, they go to West Virginia September tenth. Nope. They go to Houston September seventeenth. Nope. They have Duke at home the twenty fourth. Uh, in basketball or football? Football. Oh, maybe, okay. maybe a toss-up. <laughs> well, that'd be one maybe of the they can, Maybe tickets. they bring the basketball team over and settle it on the basketball court, that, and winner, the football team gets a win. That would be – and the football team doesn't have to play the rest of the year. You, in, you, you finish go. the season with a winning record. That just a kicks right off into basketball season. Uh, you They've got Iowa State at home. Nope. They've got TCU at home. Nope. They go to OU. So basically, they start Big 12 play and we no more wins. Yeah. So you have to win those three. They have to have another non-con. There was only two. Yeah, that's it. No, well, it, you, Tennessee Tech, Houston, and Duke. Oh, 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 but oh. Because, Houston. because West Virginia is their second game of the year. Yeah, that's, yeah, 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 that threw me off. And but, and I hear Houston, and now I think Big 12, because they're, they were, weren't they involved out there in... Uh, yeah, I think they all were. They were all involved, but yet so was OU in Texas. Yeah, whatever. Well, I and I'll I'll be curious to see how it works out because I think that uh, I think Cincinnati, Houston, and Houston, what is that? Is that, is that UCF, UCF, and Houston. I I think they're going to try to be. I don't know if it's going to be this fall, but I think they're going to try to join basketball. What about, what about BYU? There, I I don't know if they have any limitations, but I know that those three teams were going to try to buy out the remainder of. Was their, BYU at the Big Twelve? I think so. I think so. I don't. I mean, yeah. I, I should have read Robert's article, but I was out and about. I understand. Understand. Robert, oh, I did read it. I don't remember seeing anything. I don't about think they, BYU I don't in there, but think they were. Okay. But yeah, it's the Big Twelve is going to be really weird. And and then if you heard Kenny Gajewski's comments from last week before they went down to OU, he doesn't think OU and Texas are going to the SEC. He thinks there's just too many variables, and and he was like, "You that think, they'll back out of that?" Yeah. He said, you think that – he was like, you guys think that they'll go? I don't. I think there's too many variables. It's interesting. It's a it's a fun conspiracy to talk about. For that sure. would be an interesting commit slash decommit. Yeah, dude, no doubt. No doubt. Because then you look at the Big 12 with, with Cincinnati, UCF, Houston, and BYU, and then you tack on OU and Texas to that and the, the, the Big 12 that's already here. I mean, that's you're you're back in divisions and you're back in a genuine Big Twelve type championship, not a we play everyone type of championship. So, Robert, in his newest article, I think it's his newest. It was this week. Uh, I think it was today. Um, was talking about the NCA going away from the if you have so many, 
uh, teams in a divi- in a conference that you have to do divisions. That's the way it is now. Mm-hmm. If it's over twelve, you have to do divisions. Uh, going conferences going away from that. The Big Twelve mm-hmm. has been in this mode of our number one and our number two are going to play each other. Mm-hmm. That's not a bad way to go, even if you have sixteen. Well, because I mean, you, I know everybody doesn't play everybody, but you're not going to get that. No, anyways. And, and that's you'd have to. What would that be? Four is that fourteen? I think you get to fourteen. So you're playing. You you couldn't. I don't know if you could play everyone because someone is always going to play at least one non-conference. Oh yes. So that's thirteen conference games. So you're probably going to play. I could see him playing eleven. I could see him playing eleven. And then I don't think they like would sit there and only do. I think you would. I think you would always have the nine and nine and three. There's yeah. a lot of money in the non-conference, especially whenever you're going to play at Jerry's World. You're going to play. Oh no question. You know, I, if and you go play USC at, at uh, what is it Santa Clara. Yeah. Well, and I'll be curious to see what this you know whoever the new commissioner is, mm-hmm. you know what direction that they go in that way. Because if you're talking, you know, if you're talking non-conference, you know. Oklahoma State, are they going to want to continue to play in Arkansas State and, a, you know, a Central Michigan or whatever? Are you going to – or do they want to say, you know what, we'll open against this team and then we'll we'll just play a bunch of, not, a bunch of conference games? Any ideas on uh, – any any inside in, info on uh, who could be Big 12 commission? I got no idea. Do you, and I'm so glad that I don't have to help make that decision. You know who would be really, really good at it? Joe Stiglione would be really good. Oh, 100, at it. 100, I, I, I'm on that. I'm, I'm really on that good at it. You look at what he's done for OU. Yeah, I mean, not just you know, not just in terms of the on the field success for their programs, but you look at this. You know, they've had their their sooner was it the Sooner Sports TV or whatever it was for with Fox Sports, and then they just locked up that new you know as uh, ESPN Plus deal. Mm-hmm. I, I you look at it, and there's a lot of people that think Castiglione uh, would be the the right choice i i do too i I, i'd be more than okay i think the big 12 absolutely flourishes and i think whatever damage had been done and i think when you when you look at um i can see his face uh old old commissioner bowlsby bowlsby when you look at the good that he did i i think it outweighs the bad yes but the problem is some of the bad was like man what are you doing like it, it, it just didn't make a lot of sense some of the bad so right but when you think of when you think of bowlsby you think you know some guy that didn't do all that good or whatever but you know bowlsby was solid but i i think that whatever damage was done from bowlsby you put a guy like castiglione in there yeah i think that i think you're talking about you know men and some fences you could no doubt and then um, the nca isn't emmert stepping down as well yeah yeah what so. a win <laughs> what a win yep oh man so if you look at um if you look at the next you know two or three months when it comes to basketball i i think mike boynton is gonna have a pretty solid summer because you look, so. you look at the three transfers that they've just landed uh you're talking about uh russell harris uh, russell harrison out of ulm you're talking about caleb asbury out of texas state and then uh, a little while ago uh, May second, but uh, John Michael Wright out of High Point. All of those guys are really talented. I, I'm cu- they were talented at their pers- at their respective schools. I'm curious to see how it transitions into Big Twelve play. But they all you know they all shoot the ball very well. The only downside you didn't go- they didn't go out and get a genuine point guard. Right. Yeah, and John Michael Wright is going to be the. The, the the first step there and their next biggest recruit is getting Avery Anderson sure. back who sure. you know should step in as probably your starting point guard unless unless he goes to the two and Michael Wright steps in as the as the starting point guard there because Michael Wright is he's a he's a pure scorer yeah I mean he's a you know in, instead of a point guard he's a point scorer yeah um I think John Michael would fit into that role a little bit shorter, a little bit undersized, but knows how to get the ball in the rim. Well, I, I had 108 assists last year. I, I don't know. I don't know if you can really put any of these guys. I, I don't know if anyone on the roster, whether current or incoming, you could say this is going to be a Jawan Evans. Because when you look at what Jawan did, uh, let's see. I should have had this up, didn't? Shouldn't I have? Well, and maybe you know, maybe not matching Jawan's score. I mean, Jawan was over twenty. So well, and you look at his his last year, he had. Uh, let's see, 
204 assists. So that's what 96 more than what than what Wright had mm-hmm. at that high point. So, it, but when you look at the three that are, are being brought in, Wright would be the more logical of a choice in terms of point guard. Not not saying that he is a point guard, yeah. or that that he will be a point guard. Um, but I mean, you look at Asbury, six three, one seventy. You know, he's a two, but he averaged almost fourteen a game. Um, Which is, Asbury is is right there. I mean, size wise and and points. Granted, lower competition. Right. I get it, but that's that's what you hope Avery Anderson is. Mm-hmm. Agree. He's six three. He's you know you want thirteen four and two out of Avery. Where well, and he's athletic enough to do it. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's some, you know if Avery comes back, maybe he, him and Caleb. Maybe that's a competition right there, and and one of them becomes better because of it. Yeah, I think that. I like Avery, and I think that I think Avery would greatly, greatly benefit from another year mm-hmm. at Oklahoma State. You know, he averaged twelve points a game, was really solid. Um, and I, you know, I've mentioned it a few times. Like, well, he was inconsistent. Well, I mean, he finished the the last. Let's see, what is that? Three, six, seven, eight. I think last eight games, scoring double digits in all but one game. You know, and then other than that, it was there's nine, 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 thirty four. Now midway through the year, you're looking at there's a three, twelve, three, a two, nine, eight, five, mm-hmm. nine in points. But he was more on than he was off. Yes. So if Avery comes back and is able to figure out the squirreliness, you know, kind of the the inconsistencies at times, I think Avery could be really solid. Yes. I, I agree with you. I think that the consistency he I'm not gonna say flattened out, but his his highs and lows flattened out to yeah. an average, you know. And so he was more consistent giving you that that same performance each night as opposed to even earlier in the year and I think it was last year or was that twenty nineteen, twenty twenty, twenty twenty, twenty twenty one. Yeah. That he was giving you great highs mm-hmm. and then did he even show up today? Yeah. You know, and how frustrating that has to be for coaching staff to not know which one you're going to get. I mean, or it's him. great, great. When, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, it's great whenever the, the great one shows up, but then you're scrambling to literally fill a spot on the floor when the, when the uh, off one shows up. And so hopefully that uh, as if he comes back and cause you got to think he's, if he, even if he gets drafted, probably a G league guy to develop. Yeah. And you hate to and see a guy then. go straight to G league. Yeah, when you could play another year of college. I, I yeah, and that's and that was like my argument with Juwan, because I think Juwan got bad at he got bad information. Now, everyone has their own scenarios, you know. So I mean, if he needed to go, that he needed to go, but I think he went middle to end of the second round, which I mean, there's only two rounds. But had Juwan came back and played with you know Jeffrey Carroll, Mitch Solomon that last year, I think that OSU team makes. That's Boynton's first year. I think that team makes an NCAA tournament. I think they win, you know, a handful more games. There's, they're not saying, well, is it OU or is it OSU on the bubble? You know, OSU is in the tournament. I don't think they're even on the bubble. Avery, I think Avery needs to come back. Avery could greatly benefit from another year of Big 12 play because I don't think he's going to hear what he, whoever instructed him to go into the, G, or into the NBA draft, I don't think they're going to hear what they want to hear. I like Avery, but I, I'm with you. I, I he's not going to get. He's certainly not going to get drafted. I, I think he could be good enough maybe next year, but Avery's not. If he stays in this year, he's not getting drafted, and he's either going straight to play overseas or he's going to play in the G League. Because you look at Juwan, Juwan's bounced around the G League for what three years now. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I think Avery needs to come back, and then if he comes back. With the incoming freshman Quinnen Williams, and then your three transfers, I'm you're you're at twelve scholarships, and then that's I think that's great. And I think what what is going to get you yes because you're going to drop one probably mm-hmm. you know this year next year year after that yeah. probably going to be playing with twelve for a while, yeah. um, and then if Avery doesn't come back, it'd be interesting to see do they try to pick somebody else up or do they just take the two this year and then you pick up a scholarship either next year or the year after. But I would think that if Avery doesn't come back, you need another point guard type player because Avery coming back gives you like, because there's no one on this. There is no point guards on this team. You have 
guys that have been made into point guards, but you don't have genuine point guards. Avery coming back still doesn't give you a genuine point guard, but you have a guy that's played point guard. So I, I think if Avery doesn't come back, which I really think he should, yes. but if he doesn't, I could see them going out and getting another player like an Avery. Or let's say Avery comes back and transfers. That's a possibility. It is. That's true. We don't. I don't want to put that out there in the metasphere here, but um, you know the the thing that I think if there's one open spot and you you have an opening and they're going to fill it, I think you go whoever the best shooter out there is. We Agreed. need a shooter. I can't rely on Woody Newton to be to be the shooter. Mm. Can't rely now. Watching Russell Harrison play a little bit um, since he's you know, come on and said he's going to transfer in, watched a little bit. That guy has a Carmelo Anthony smooth stroke. I mean, it is. He goes up and the ball's out. It's beautiful. So that I'm excited to watch. Yeah, I think for me, like Harrison's one of the more intriguing players that they picked up. Because you look at his size. What is he, 6'7"? Six, 6'7", seven? Six, seven, 200, yeah. Yeah, and then I, I get it. I mean, these guys played in the Sun Belt. So I'm not going to I'm not gonna hype him up like they landed, you know, the – the, the top power five. Actual Carmelo Anthony, yeah. Yeah, right? But, I mean, he shot 46% from the floor, averaged 13 points a game, made 69 threes at 38%. Had, I think he had five and a half rebounds a game, 41 assists, which, no, you're not getting, you know, some guy that can really dish it out. But 41 assists would have tied for second on OSU's roster last year. So, I mean, you're getting production that you didn't have that left. Yeah, well, and this this gives the guys uh, running point. Another guy who is on the outside that can shoot. He was thirty nine percent, almost forty percent, which would have again been up there on our team last year. Uh, you need shooters. You need guys who can space the floor because uh, we've talked about that they run a little bit of an AAU type offense here. There's a little bit of free flow to it where if you go out and get, let's just say you throw a, let's go way back. Mm -hmm. Say you throw a Doug Gottlieb into, into this offense. He probably pulls his hair out because there's not a lot of set plays. They do have some, there's not a lot of, this is the structure we're going to run. That's a little bit, not the game anymore, but uh, you could still have, I mean, I've been begging for years to have a point guard on this team, on yeah. Oklahoma State's team, that averages six, seven assists a game. I think it's possible. The team this last year should have averaged six or seven alley-oops a game. They had so much talent. As soon as you alley-oop somebody, that's an assist. So, Whoa. I know, I know. Breaking news here. But, you know, you get, uh, let, let's just say a John Michael Wright. Let's say he comes in, has has great handles, and and he becomes your, your point guard there. You know, I think he can improve the 3.4 assists because I'm going to bet on high point, he doesn't have a 6'7", uh, three-point shooter. He doesn't have two 6'3", you know, we're just, let's assume Avery comes back. Two 6'3 guys who can get above the rim. He doesn't have uh, Musa Cisse, who, again, should average four. I mean, Lob Stilly should yeah. be back. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think a guy like John Michael Wright can score the, the, the way he's been scoring. 18 last year, 20 as a sophomore, 14 as a freshman. You've got to be able to put up uh, – that's in your blood to be that kind of a mm. scorer. You don't come here – if you're that good, you don't come here and, or, and average seven. If he does average seven, we're probably also hearing he was a bad teammate because yeah. he's pissed. Yeah. You know, and so I think a guy like that gets on the court um, and has it, – it's going to improve his game just to be around better players. Well, you know, you've got – you know, you got Bryce Thompson out there. You know, I think I think the way Tyreek got better throughout the year, I think Tyreek gets better. Whatever was going on with Caleb, if Caleb can figure it out, there's another threat down low to put alongside Musa. You know, if Avery comes back, I mean, you brought in Harrison, you brought in, you know, Asbury. I mean, this team has a chance. I don't even know what Quinnen Williams is going to be because I think that I think his it's high school ratings, so do with it what you will. But his last bump got him up to I think just above a hundred in mm-hmm. in the in the twenty two class. So, I mean, you're getting a talented player in in Williams. You know, four star player. So uh, it'll be curious. I, I I'll be I'll be really curious to see how this team puts it all together because. This team should be another athletic team. I don't know if they're going to be as athletic as, as athletic as they were last year, but you've got scores. You have guys that can put points on the board. And that's that's saying if Rondell decides to not come back. I haven't heard anything. I'm not predicting it, but it's it's also possible Rondell pulls his name out of the out of the portal. You know, 
So if if that happens, you get another outside type of threat. I, I'm not. I wouldn't hold my breath. I, I right. think Rondell's probably gone. But it, it, this team has talent. Uh, now, like I said earlier, I, I think it was before we started recording. This is a big year for OSU and Mike Boynton. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not predicting. Like I asked him at the end of last year, or excuse me, at the end of the season, if he thought this was the most important year and as a head coach. He kind of took it as you know, if they don't win, am I gonna? Is my job in trouble? And I meant it as from the day he took over. Well, from the the season he took over, you're dealing with FBI investigations. You're dealing dealing with NCAA investigations. You're having to boot players off your team, and then uh, and then the NCAA shows up, and the you know the the ban is looming over your head. Now they said that the the cage year, you aren't you know the NCAA made a money decision. So they, they were in the NCAA tournament that year. And then all of a sudden the ban comes and you get the scholarship reduction. There's nothing. Now, I, I understand some people are like, well, it's scholarship reduction. That's not an issue for this for, for Mike Boynton's coaching staff. Because I think the first year, I think they had 13 scholarship players. And then this past year, they had 14. Every other year, they've been under 13 full scholarships. Like cage year, they had 12 scholarship players. Well, in that first year, wasn't that the year that they held walk-on tryouts because they booted? Uh, second year. Second year. Yeah. So at one point during this tenure, mm-hmm. he's had walk-on tryouts asking people yeah. from the Colvin, yeah. how well do you shoot? Yeah. So it's to me, that, that will never be an issue. I, I think they could, like the, if Avery comes back, they'll have 12 this year, which gives them one of the three that they need to get rid of. They could probably operate two less or one one more. They could operate at two this year and one next year, or one this year, and two next year, and it wouldn't be a problem. And you're saying have about the same win, win well, loss Well, they only played, I think they played, what, nine? Like, consistently, they played eight to nine players? Yeah. Because Musa didn't really, or not Musa, uh, Bernard Kuma didn't really play. Um, your walk-ons didn't, I don't think the walk-ons saw the court, except for, like... If their name is getting l- chanted at the end of a game. Yeah. Late, late, late in non-conference play. Right. Um, you know, Donovan played, Donovan Williams played four games. Bernard played four games. Uh, Carson Sager played four games. Um, Weston Church played four games. Woody Newton, Woody only got into 17 games. You know, so, I mean, if you look, you played one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten players consistently. And then Woody played 17. He played half a season. So Woody's another you have to get more out of. Yeah. So they played 10 and a half scholarship players last year. Woody, I I don't know what Woody Newton is because he's a guy that can shoot outside, but he just, he doesn't have confidence. If, if you can get, if you can get eight to nine points a game out of Woody Newton this upcoming year, huge win. That's a huge win. Or something's going way wrong. (laughs) <laughs> yeah that too yeah that no we're gonna we'll, we'll stay positive and say uh and say some yes that that's a huge win absolutely mm-hmm. yeah I, i'm i'm looking forward to it i don't know what you're gonna get because you've lost you know you lost ma you know you lost keelan you lost rondell ice i never expected ice to come back but i will say i didn't expect ice to enter the transfer portal as a grad transfer uh and then you lose you know avery to the draft which i don't know if he's coming back but i would really think he should come back um but you you they should have a pretty decent team next year so i'm i'm excited about it looking i should be fun to watch agree in the big 10 to see how that game translates so okay quickly what do you make of the jc hoyt hire i think it's great i i think you look at the players that she's brought in she's brought in some talent uh it's I, I've all, I mean, she's the first, or I don't know, I'm, I'm not going to say the first. She's the only right now, the only female coach on campus. Should have happened a long time ago. With that being said, though, you look at guys like Colin Carmichael, really like Colin. I think he's doing mm-hmm. a great job. Chris Young might be one of the best coaches on this campus. I mean, he, not might, he is. He is one of the best coaches on this campus. Chris Young, with what he's done with tennis, along with the Greenwoods, good Lord. Uh, Kenny Gajewski is one of the best softball coaches in the country. You know, so I, I think you bring in, you know, you bring in a, a woman like J.C. Hoyt. I think she's spectacular. She brought in new blood to the program. She's brought in good transfers. I'm not going to sit here and predict that they're going to rule the Big 12 next year. But the excitement around the program, the energy that she brings, I, I think the Cowgirls could be really solid next year. And so far, you've seen her all over campus. She's she's taken the Mike Boynton playbook. Sure. And she's been all over campus. Well, she's it, been every coach should be yes. doing what Mike Boynton's doing. Yes. 
and they do to some extent, but every coach should be out in the, the common area outside the union, you know, giving out stickers and taking photos. And Yeah. Now, you know, is that as realistic for – and he does have actual celebrity status for a Mike Gundy to do that as much as some of these others? No. Do you ever see – do you ever see Josh Holiday out – Doing that type of stuff. It may just not be his personality to Boynton has that personality. Boynton can walk into a, a senior level law class sure. and r- run the room. Sure. You know, uh, so it does have to be in your personality to do it. Uh, this came out yesterday, kind of uh, switching gears here a little bit before we uh, before we get out of here. Uh, Kelly Maxwell tabbed the uh, Big 12 Co-Pitcher of the Year, first team all-conference member, as well as uh, Miranda Eilish. Uh, she's one of seven Oklahoma State honorees that were announced yesterday. Um, both uh, Eilish was was first team as well, and then when you look at the second teams, uh, Caitlin Carwile, Cheyenne Factor, Kylan Iomi, and Sydney uh, Sydney Pennington uh, were all uh, second team as well. So this is huge. I, this this team is really good. They they dig into Big Twelve conference play uh, or tournament play uh, Thursday afternoon, which is today. This will be up tomorrow, so you'll already know what they've done. So we're going to, all our conversation is going to assume that we beat Kansas you in would, the first round. You of would the, hope. Yeah. You would hope. I think it was at three o'clock. I think it's, is when three that o'clock. is it, uh, it's going to be on ESPN plus. So I, I, you would think one would assume yeah. that they are going to get past Kansas. Well, Car- and Carwile probably the biggest surprise on the team and, and, you know, within the team, I'm sure they saw the potential. I'm um, right. so this is probably speaking more from a from a fan, from covering it, from from watching. You know, you go from 182 as a freshman and only played in 11 games. wasn't even, if I remember right, wasn't even an opening day starter. Um, she she's only started 37 of their 50 games, um, and leads the team with a 367. Yeah, uh, up there with a 426 on base. I mean. That's what you want your three-hole to be. Uh, she has the pop, has power, six homers, uh, but just comes up with clutch. Um, clutch hits. She's second on the team in total bases. You know, again, that's what you want. She's the prototypical three-hole. Um, doesn't strike out a ton. Um, doesn't walk a ton. She she puts about on the ball. A lot of lefties don't walk that mm-hmm. much because most of them are slap hitters. She's not a slap hitter. She's, she hits it. And, um, you know, slap hitters on the team, Avery Hobson and, you know, Chelsea Alexander. I mean, Chelsea's also a 320 on base, 433. She gets on base. Um, Chelsea does – Chelsea walks a lot. She she does get a lot of walks, which is what you want. Whenever – if I'm coaching Little League, I'm always talking to my guys down there at the bottom of the order. Mm-hmm. I need you on base. Yeah, just get Work on the count, can. work walks, because you've got to be on base when the hitters – you know, I don't tell them when the hitters come back around, right. but when the top of the order comes back around. And that's how this team has been constructed all year that, um, you know, you're going to get on – you're getting people on base, get them on, get them over, get them in. You know, Bree Evans has been amazing at the top. She's been great to watch. Yeah, this this is a fun team, you know, and I'll I understand that they were, you know, they, they got swept by OU. This that that's a different that's a different animal. I, I mean I don't it's in, two thousand three Barry Bonds top to bottom. It, it's insane the amount of the amount of talent that that team just reloads every single year. Um but I mean you look at it, you're they're thirty eight and twelve on the year. You know, you're, you, they have they've only lost twelve games, and I think four of those have come in conference play. This is a good and team. Five in the last week to the top three team. Yeah, yeah. You know, this is a this is a really, on the road. Yeah, this is a really good team. So, uh, I, I expect um, I expect them to be in the Big Twelve championship game, most likely playing OU. That'll be a sellout. You know, they'll they'll pack out that that atmosphere. Pack out that stadium. Oh, atmosphere man. will be incredible. Oh, it'll be nuts. If yeah. you need somebody. If you need someone, maybe around the Oklahoma City sure, metro area sure. to go cover for poke sport. I'm just mm, saying, mm, mm, my mm. Sunday may be available. Oh, maybe open. Maybe available. Oh, okay, okay. But no, they're they're eighth right now in in the latest ranking. Came out today. Uh, came out today Thursday. They're eighth. They they to host a a super regional mm. because eight OSU is eighteen and one at home in the friendly confines. They're eighteen and one. You. That's it's a big deal in softball to to be home throughout. I think if they if they make the Big Twelve championship game, which they should, yes. in theory they should. I don't. You're you're going to play OU again. I'm not even going to make a prediction because mm-hmm. that's going to be a knockdown drag. All they out. have to do is win one. Yeah. 
if they, you know, they'll OSU will host a unless they unless they just absolutely collapse, they'll host a regional. And even then, I think they they host. Still a regional. think they host a yeah. regional. Yeah, they're not. They knock on wood. They're not losing to uh, Kansas today. Uh, they should. <laughs> they should should not no, lose. Again. You should. But I they they host a regional, and I think they get through a regional. If if OSU gets out of the regional, especially if they get out unscathed, I would find it hard to believe the NCAA would not give. OSU is super. Yeah. So the se- the season took a bit of a turn, a, a little bit, you know, and we hadn't talked about it yet on here, but whenever Ellis uh, hurt her arm pitching, so she's thankfully been able to come back as your four-hole mm-hmm. hitter. Um, I don't think we've seen, you know, you you don't know what the exact injury is. Has they said a, bi- is a bicep. A bicep. So, but, you know, how much power has that taken off? Uh, you know, you want your four hole to be able to put the ball out of the yard, mm-hmm. and she has been all year. Uh, I don't think she has since uh, coming back. But if she's able to pitch, that's a huge addition. If she's not, Morgan Day has been great whenever she's needed to come in. She's nine and four, two seventy four ERA. But Ellis at one point has been the National Player of the Year. I mean, that is a that's a big step. If you have if you're going a one two punch this last weekend of Kelly. And Miranda down at OU, that just gives you even just even men- mentally, yeah. it gives you a bet a better edge. I'm not again not saying Morgan can't throw, but mentally you're walking out there with your one and your two, and you know you're going to give it everything you got. Yeah, no question. I, I, this this pitching staff is really really solid. I I don't I wouldn't expect Miranda to pitch, but you know I mean you've got you've got the weekend, so I, I suppose anything could happen. But you know, if you're if you're Kenny, I don't if she's not, you know, if she's not fully ready to go, I don't know if you do. I, I think you just This isn't a win to get in like the NCAA. No, you just you 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 know, you keep her healthy, you try to, you know, you try to try to get her back, you know, for for a regional, you know, and that's obviously where now you don't you don't want to just, you know, well, we're in the Big Twelve Championship, but you know, we we're we're looking forward, you know, we're looking ahead. Obviously they're gonna go down to you know, they're gonna compete in Oklahoma City to try to win a championship, but you know, I, I would think because you've got good pitching, try to keep her healthy. You know, try to get her healthy in order for a regional. So well, and you you could see Kelly Maxwell all three games, and you can pitch three three days in a row in softball. Yeah, it's not uh, by the end of it she's going to sleep well, but you know you don't have to go to your second pitcher now. If you do again, Morgan Day is still a good a good pitcher. Illinois State, you know, came in and she was their number one up there. Comes down here and Kelly Maxwell, two hundred and twenty-eight strikeouts in one hundred thirty-one innings, one hundred thirty-eight innings. That is incredible. She's and, insane. And the crazy thing about Kelly is, is she doesn't overpower you with speed. She doesn't have this massive rise ball. She's got a nice fastball and a nice cutter and a good changeup. Uh, so I was I was out of town. Um, but Kenny, I just I just looked it up, and Kenny confirmed earlier this week that he does not expect uh, Miranda to be available to pitch this weekend. Right. So that th- yeah. it's he said, "quote That'd be a shocker if she did." I don't think I'm letting the cat out of the bag there, but she's going to hit. Yeah. So it's that's I, I think that's the best. Not saying that she's absolutely not ready to pitch, but I would you just you just hold her off and yeah. and get her ready for a regional because that's that that's when you need a lot of pitching. Well, well, not a lot, but you 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 want as many as you can have. And it's another huge weekend for Josh Holiday and the baseball team. Yeah, this is uh, a, they've this got is a Texas, big one. top ten showdown in Stillwater at O'Bright, which is what they built the place for. It's going to be packed. It's going to be rowdy. The corrals out there are going to have smoke coming from the grills. It's going to be beautiful. I love that they put those in there. Right? That, that cool? is so cool. Isn't that awesome. You can bring your own meat. I know that uh, one of the uh, teams that. I help out with uh, is bringing their own grill. They've got a corral out there. I think that I saw in a group me text earlier is going to be over a hundred dogs on the grill. You know, that's, that's getting out, but that's, and these kids are now going to get to hang out out there, eat their hot dog and watch big time baseball. Mm. Well, and that, that atmosphere is what helps get kids to love baseball. Because when it's you know you most kids love baseball, but when you get to go to when you get to go to Obrate and you get to rent out this little area and you're grilling and it's you know there should not be empty seats behind home plate. 
you, no. if you're watching that game, there should not. I mean, there's been a few the past couple weeks. There should not be empty seats. You know, it should it should be loud. It should be packed out. Texas Tech fan, I'll tell you right now, you should know this. Texas Tech fans are insane. They and they'll show up. They might have the most rabid fan base in the Big Twelve. They'll they'll show up for this game because this is this is big time. They're I think third in the I think third in the Big Twelve, third or fourth in the Big Twelve. They're eleven and seven. Um, OSU thirteen and five in conference play. So I mean, it's this this is a do or die. And I've I've said this before. Justin Campbell is absolute must see. Yeah. TV, he's must-see in person. If you live in Stillwater, you have to be there. He's not going to be here forever. You don't stick around forever when you go 7-1 and one and have 112 strikeouts in 77 innings and you're that good of a pitcher. Now, what this team, and they're still, are they still number three? We yes. Yeah, we said this weeks ago. We said, it's we see number three, but I still don't, uh, do I still believe that? I mean, we're still looking for, I mean, Bryce, Bryce Osmond, Four and one, but in 11 starts, I mean, the guy has sometimes gets to the fifth, sometimes he gets to the seventh. You know, he's kind of that, what we were talking about, Avery Anderson, you mm-hmm. get really good or you get, eh. But he's leveled out a little bit where you get more consistency. So, okay, so you've got those two. Well, now Madero's injured. So now we're trying to find, you know, your number three team in the nation and you have a number one and Maybe a one and a half. Well, when you look pitchers. at when you look at Tech, they're hitting three hundred on the year as a team. Yeah, they've got seventy one homers. So I mean, and I, I mean, Jace, Jace Young. I mean, the Young brothers in in Lubbock are, you know, they're just insane. He's hitting three sixty four on the year with twelve homers, seventeen doubles, and fifty RBIs. He's he's been insane, and he's been dangerous against Oklahoma State. So I mean, this this is a big time series for the Pokes. Um, you know, if if OSU if you take if you take two out of three then you've essentially wrapped up the Big 12. Because if you, I think, if you win you, one, you just have to win one. Yeah, but you don't want to – I understand that, but you don't right. want to drop the series. Well, no, you don't. But so I'm I, just saying, if, if you if you win one, you're the number one seed. Yeah, well, and then it's, you know, because I think, was it Baylor next week? I think it's just – I think they just have Baylor remaining. Is that right? That is correct. That's correct. I was thinking – I was thinking this was the last series. No, you do have Baylor. That's right. Yeah, so, yeah, so no. You gotta to get, heck with all that. You got to win two. You got to get two because, yeah. let me see. Um, let's, look, let's look this up. Texas Tech baseball. But, you know, Griffin Dorshing coming back, what an addition that's been. Since, I don't know if that ball has landed. I don't. There's. I think two of them hit up there. Like, he's hit did, a few of those. Did you see the – did you see the tweet I sent out on Monday? I think is when it was. So I'm driving through Wichita, and there's a there's a McLean, uh, McLean Street up right, there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, they renamed they renamed it because, because that, of where Nolan hit. That's so where we Nolan need to check somewhere landed. up there around Salina for just keep going for Griffins. Yeah. Just keep heading. No. So since he's been back, I mean, the guy's hitting a home run every twelve and a half at bats. Twelve and a half at bats. That's you know I don't know roughly one every three games. Mm. If you, you know, if a guy like that, if you compare him to the rest, which everybody else has played about 45, 48 games, so just double his, double where he's at, he would be at 16 homers, 74 RBIs. I, yeah, and he he may he may get there before the he, end of the He year. may get there. He's got a few more games. But, you know, your, your, your top three guys, they, they are really good at working the count. Rock Riggio, uh, you know, uh, Zach Earhart, really good at working. Did you see the article where he worked with Bar- with Wade Boggs? Mm-hmm. Wade Boggs teaching Zach Earhart how to, yeah. Sign me up. Yeah, I'd like to listen to that. But, uh, you know, those guys work the count. So those guys are getting on base, over 400 on base. Yeah. Uh, no, Rock is right at uh, 387. Zach's over 400. But then, so then you got those guys on base for a Jake Thompson. And if he doesn't get it done... Griff's going to hit it to the parking lot. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and you look at that team, you know, I just looked like TCU, this, they have a, a big, their Big 12 uh, series finale is this weekend against Kansas. And then they have a midweek non-conference against, uh, against Tarleton State, and then they wrap up uh, at home against Santa Clara. So if OSU can take two this weekend, they should not have any trouble against Waco, or in Waco against yep. against Baylor. So I think it's in Waco. Um, but I mean, you know, TCU, one would assume they'll sweep Kansas on the I think it's on the road, but 
I mean, Kansas is not that good. Mm-hmm. So OSU, you get two this weekend, and you get three next weekend. That's it. Yeah, and you know now now you've got to figure out you've got to figure out a third starter or Medeiros is he is he hurt? Can he come back? Is he you know which? I mean even even your third start your third and fourth starters. And I'm going to throw Mitchell Stone in there. You're talking about two guys with over six ERAs. You got to be better than that. And then. The you know we got to figure out the bullpen. I mean, yeah, you've got uh, you know fan soccer that has had a great year, his best year here. Um, but what other consistent Trevor Martin up down? You know, Cale um, Davis up down. You know, mm-hmm. throws ninety seven, but finding barrels. So the the emergence of uh, of Nolan McLean throwing a hundred that's My nice yeah, uh, you know solid. and then and then another crazy Houston Morrill getting out there that's still that still is is crazy to me yeah. I know that he's I understand that that he can throw and that he's solid but that that still is just that's still wild to me uh, he, he's he's had a wild year I mean you know for coming back and then obviously you want to come back have your best year be your senior year and it's it hasn't been but what you appreciate and what you love is a guy figuring out how to get on the field and help, and and he has, um, you know, even even though he's hitting two forty two, another guy who gets walks three ninety eight on base, anybody anywhere around four hundred on base, you're 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 a guy doing work. That's Hall of Fame numbers right there. Sign Take me those. up. Sign me up. Yeah, Take no, I'm looking forward to it. It's uh, a couple of really good series this weekend, obviously. Uh, Oklahoma State with uh, with Texas Tech, and then I counted a series because I think the Cowgirls will play at least three games in uh, Oklahoma City. So, uh, kind of have to you kind of have to pick and choose, you know. But uh, both of those series are going to be really really solid. And I, again, I call them series because they should play three games. Um, but it's it's going to be a lot of good a uh, lot of good diamond sports going on this little, weekend. So. Little teaser. What if we work on a softball guest for postseason next week? I think it would be smart. I think we should do that. I think that'd be good. I'm looking forward to it. I know yep. you. I there was a preliminary reach out, you know. There, and some, there are and talks. Some in, there's some interest. Yes. Yeah. I think it'll be good. Uh, looking forward to it. So, a uh, quick note here before we go, though. I do. I did want to. I don't want to. Maybe like five minutes. Maybe that, if if that. But um, Parker Fredrickson uh, decommits yesterday. Uh, when Wednesday is when that would have happened. The Bigsby 2023 shooting guard. Uh, he goes, I want to thank OSU for the uh, opportunity to continue playing basketball at the next level. After many conversations with my family, I've decided that it is best to decommit. I will be reopening my recruitment. 6'3", 165, you know, can shoot the lights out of the gym. I, I think this is a – there's nothing against Oklahoma State. So the people that are on Facebook or on Twitter saying, I'm, I'm really worried about what's going on in this program – this kid committed before the AAU season, before the start of his senior year, and he's starting to like when you when you go back to his when he first committed, I, he was just starting to get noticed. Mm-hmm. This is a this is a scenario where he's done really well this spring. Other coaches are saying, "Damn, man, this this kid can can shoot it." And that's something it's the OSU football factor. When a kid commits to OSU football, all of a sudden, everyone's like, man, that kid must be pretty good. So they start recruiting that kid. Yep. You know, that's why OSU, they don't, you know, OSU, they don't put a lot of a lot of publicity out there when they start recruiting a kid because they do all the ground. And Gundy's talked about it before. They do all the groundwork, and another coach comes in and scoops them up. So is it possible that he could come back? Sure. Yeah. I, yeah, I think he possible. Could, he could recommit. I wouldn't hold my breath. Right. Um, but if anyone could you know, rework a kid and, and get him to recommit. I think Boynton and, and his and his staff can do so. But there's nothing wrong with the program. You know, there's no reason to freak out. He committed early, early, early in his recruiting process. And, I mean, you go back to, um, and I could see his face, um, Devo out of, uh, out of Arkansas. Committed, ended up committing to Arkansas. He's a point guard. Um, and I just can't seem to – I can see his face, but I can't remember what his name was. Um, but he committed well before Cade Cunningham committed. And then he decommitted and ended up committing to Arkansas. And then you go and land Cade Cunningham. So, I mean – That worked out. Yeah, it, that's a fair try. I'm not saying that they're going to land another Cade Cunningham. But 
Mike Boynton knows how to recruit. So, yeah, you're losing a, a really talented in-state kid. I think he's number three in the state right now. You're losing a kid that averaged almost 30 points a game, uh, shot, I think, more than 30, more than almost 40, maybe a little more than 40% from three-point range. But there's there's still plenty of time before, you know, like you've got November signing period, and then you've got all spring, and I think until August to, to sign someone the following year. So Yeah, and it's it's tough to keep somebody who – you you get committed early like that that you're probably one of the first ones in on that they've heard from you and and they love what they're hearing which is why they committed but then all of a sudden their recruiting blows up and they're hearing from anybody and everybody and there's no chance that people are not using the sanctions sure as a negative recruiting and and probably even other kids within the AAU team I mean heck who knows maybe on his AAU team he becomes best friends with somebody who's I don't know going to going to Arkansas going somewhere like that and you know these kids have one shot at college they have one four years at trying to win the whole thing it's not really one shot anymore well and that's what's going to be curious to see if if NIL is a is, is one of the main factors of, well, you know, if you come here, we can get you a lot of money. Well, the NCAA is fixing to start cracking down on well, that. Well, I so. mean, you have one shot at, at a college career. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. that's fair. So, But, uh, yeah, as far as where you end up, yeah, apparently you have two, three, four chances. Four, five, yeah, yeah. yeah and, and you need to start – I'll just say this for the fans. If someone says they're 100% committed, take that with a grain of salt. Don't take it personal. This kid's maybe 17 years old. Yeah. Think about, And that's something that – you know, like what's you see movies and it's like, what's one thing you could tell your younger, like, you know, now that you're older, your older parent, whatever, what's one something, something you could tell your like, well, don't forget your childhood, you know, think back to when you were 17 years old and some of the boneheaded moves and decisions that you were making at 17. And this kid who has an opportunity to make a lot of money can play at you know, any, you know, any major school he wants to play at. You know, he starts getting recruited by some big-time programs. Yeah, Oklahoma State is your school. That's your program. It's something that you love. But until that kid shows up, he doesn't have that same kind of attachment to your university because there's other programs that are are vying for him. So think about when you were 17. Don't jump down the kid's throat. Everything's going to be okay. The, the, the sun will rise in the morning. And Mike Boyne and Oklahoma State will land other prospects. So that'll be fine. That's going to do it for the Poke Sport Podcast. We're going to get out of here. Um, appreciate uh, Brian making the trip up to, to Stillwater for I think lunch. I'm going to hit Bad Brad's on the way out of here. I know. It's good. Uh, you have to get the Big Thunder. It's a sandwich. Sounds good. Got to get the Big Thunder. It's very delicious. So that's going to do it. We're going to get out of here. Uh, be sure to follow Pokes Report on Twitter and Facebook, and you can catch us again here on PokesReport.com.